Hi, this is Linda Pearl, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talks about television. Allison Arngram will join us in our second hour. Allison Arngram, the actress known around the world as Nellie Olson on Little House on the Prairie. Allison is getting ready to direct Rich Little in his very first virtual comedy performance later on this month. We'll ask her about that. We'll also talk about the movie that she filmed earlier this month on location in Utah, that being Allison's first appearance in front of the camera in the COVID era. We'll talk about what it's like to be back on a real movie set following all the post-COVID safety precautions. Allison is also part of an interesting project called Change the World, which we'll tell you about when Allison Arngram joins us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll begin this hour by playing part two of a conversation that was recorded earlier this year with Susie Friendly. Susie worked in television production for more than 30 years in a variety of capacities, both above the line and below the line, including many projects with Emmy Award-winning producer Bob Banner, Emmy-nominated writer-producer Carrie Lizer, and legendary casting director Monique James. Susie also worked on the groundbreaking HBO series Brothers. Plus, as we'll find out later in the conversation, she also worked on many of the very first shows produced by the WB. As we pick up the conversation, Susie and I are talking about some of her experience working in post-production. You mentioned you were supervising editing and post. Did you enjoy doing that? Not as much as I liked um, being hands-on. The, being down in the in the pit, you know, with the show going on, solving problems, uh, solving problems. troubleshooting. Yeah, that was much more my forte. Any stories of a particularly uh, wacky or really challenging problem that you were able to solve that uh, stands out as as a proud moment in your career? I'm trying to think, all of them were a problem. <laughs> I used to, they used to call me uh, the shark. Um, Susie the shark. Su- I like Su- that. Susie shark. How they when. The set designer would say, oh, oh here she comes. Dun, 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 dun. I, always, <laughs> I always knew what they were up to, trying to do something, you know, just just trying to get the show together. Mm-hmm. But we, again, we had a lot of fun. We did years and years ago a show that you never would have heard of was one of the first they wanted to do it like almost anything goes. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't mention the producer's name because... It was awful, but he managed to get a uh, a, a video truck on the on a lot mm-hmm. and convince the people at MGM that it was a IA truck, which of course it wasn't. And then we were in Palm Springs shooting, but the tailor or the the wardrobe people were in New York making costumes for these kids, and when they came out and tried to put the costumes on. They nothing fit them. That's not good. So, so <laughs> we had women in from all little towns down in Palm Springs from all over sewing all night. Mm-hmm. And I remember that the wardrobe, uh, Michael Travis, was up in up in his house in in uh, Homely Hills or uh, in off Coldwater. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. dyeing the the outfits because they didn't come in right. That was it was a fiasco. So, but we got it on the air. <laughs> you got it on the air, and I'm, 
I would imagine, because uh, you mentioned shooting the a lot of the shows on locations, whether it's the Cow Palace in San Francisco or or wherever. And I, I, I would imagine that, especially for like a variety type of show, whether it's a series or a special, um, there are pros and cons to doing it on location. Because uh, if, if you're in the studio, at least it's a somewhat more of a controlled environment. Right. But, but when you're on location, you have both challenges, but you're able to use some of the aspects of the location to your advantage, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I, we did, I did a show when I was still working for Bob called uh, Lisa Bright and Dark, mm-hmm. which I begged uh, Bob to buy. It was a story of, by John Newfeld of, a, of a, a girl who had mental problems. Mm-hmm. Kay Lenz was the star, and John Forsythe and Ann Baxter were her parents. And we did it up in Northern California. And um, so there, luckily I got to work with a really fine associate, uh, assistant director, mm-hmm. Jack Rowe, who's no longer with us. But, and he taught me a lot too, but there was a lot that went on and he taught me how to, you know, to budget and to plan and stuff because that was the first real big movie I'd done. I remember driving uh, Ann Baxter to her hotel and she, she said, oh, my father built that building. I said, who's your father? It's Frank Lloyd Wright, which I never knew. <laughs> Another embarrassing oops. <laughs> well, you, you, you can't expect to know everything. Yeah, you know. yeah. but no, it was, it was good. It was yeah. fun. And I, that's really where I learned the organization was from Jack Rowe. And we had a, uh, uh, Jeannot's Wharf, who's still in the business. We yes, had, we had great a, director. Yeah, we had a good, we had a good crew. And it was, and we were all family, so yeah. that was good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Listening to a conversation that was recorded earlier this year, pre-COVID, pre-lockdown, with Susie Friendly. Susie Friendly's career in television production spans about three or four decades, and she worked behind the scenes in many capacities, both above the line and below the line, and spanned many different genres of television, including variety specials, scripted series, live television events, Sports competition shows such as The Superstars and Almost Anything Goes, made-for-TV movies such as Lisa Bright and Dark, and, as Susie will mention later on this segment, such animated series as Baby Blues. You, you mentioned the word family. Uh, in many respects, when you work together, whether it's on a weekly show or just however many weeks you're, you're, you're together working on a, on, on a special, you, you become very close, you know, oh, yeah. especially... Especially if you're doing something on location, it's going to be live. It's like you yeah. all bond over right. that crazy moment. Well, and you do too when you're doing uh, a regular weekly show. Yeah. You do. You you all kind of stick together, and that was it, all of it was good. I was um, I, the last live show I worked on was something called Hype, which was like Friday night. Um, I can't think of it, but like Saturday Night Live. Okay. And it was one of the most unpleasant experiences I've ever had. 
I don't think these guys are still in the business. Um, it was awful. It really was. And Warner Brothers wasn't really fit to do these kind of shows. But I said, oh, I can handle them. I can handle them. And I, I quit the show. And when I quit, 10 other people quit. But somebody else took it on. He, he could manage it. But it didn't last long. And then the last show that I did do was a, a show called, um, an animated show, which is another thing Warner Brothers wasn't known for. It was called Baby Blues, okay. which was from the newspaper. And that oh, oh was, the comic strip. Yeah. yeah, the comic strip. And that was one of the best things I've ever done because you're not with any of the people telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm working in an office with the writers. And uh, then we go to do the voiceovers. And that was great. Marion Ross was on it. And uh, who was the, her husband that died? Uh, not her real husband, but, you know, he was on the... What's his name? Oh. Little short... Oh, uh, oh Tom Bosley. T Tom Bosley. And we had... Uh, that husband. That husband. <laughs> that husband, not a real husband. Yeah. <laughs> that husband. Yeah. And, uh, but the, it, that was great. We had a really good time doing that. And it was organized and fun. And we went home at 6 o'clock. And then uh, Warner Brothers, in their infinite wisdom, had to deficit finance because they'd taken on uh, Outlook or Google or mm -hmm. something. So the air the show never hit the air. Two oh. years. I worked on it for a year, and they had worked on it the year before. Never went on. And I, that's when I said, you know what? I don't like this business anymore. So I, I left, and I haven't looked back. I mean, I'm, ne I'm not... I'm not uh, angry or anything. I don't. I, I don't miss it anymore. Yeah. As it is. I loved it when I was younger, and uh, it's it's too hard now. But well, no, it's it's too hard, and especially in this day and age of mergers, and uh, uh, you've got board of directors to answer right. to, and I mean, maybe not necessarily you have to answer to them, but decisions that are made that impact what you do on a day-in, day-out basis are, are coming from the top, and that, that adds a whole other set of dynamics right, to it. Right, right. Uh, we mentioned at the top that you were with Warner Brothers Television for about 15 years in, in different capacities. Now, this was also around the time when Warner Brothers became the network that it is today, yeah, back in the well, days yeah, of the well, WB. That's what, yeah, I, it was Lorimar, and then it became Warner Brothers, and yeah. I, I went in then. I did some pilots with a, with a friend of mine, a producer. So we did several pilots, uh, and some of them didn't come some to them, fruition. Yeah. And then, then I did this show called uh, Shaky Ground, and that's when I started producing after that. Uh, and I can't remember the tall, funny actor's name. Jennifer Love Hewitt was on it, and I cannot remember that was one of the hardest shows I've ever worked on. That's when I fell down and broke my arm after I had the hip replacement. Oh, that's not good. Shaky Ground. Matt Fuhrer. Oh! Matt. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, he, he was, was um, Max Headroom. He, yes, he, he was. He was yeah. yes. And then he, Matt Fuhrer was on okay. the show. It was great. But over-controlling producer, and, and um, w w those were the nights that they wrote and wrote and wrote all night long. Mm -hmm. And we had different directors and uh, that was really hard. And one, the one time that we had, uh, David Trainer was the director at that time, and uh, I was talking to one of the heads of the studio uh, upstairs where we had the green rooms, and mm -hmm. I was standing on the step at the top of the stairs, mm -hmm. and I missed my step and fell. Oh. And um, broke my arm because I was trying to protect the hip that had just been <laughs> operated on. 
And David was so mad because he said, it screwed up everything. We were going to be out on time and could have had cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was one of the many shows I did. You're listening to a conversation recorded earlier this year, pre-COVID, pre-lockdown with Susie Friendly. Susie's career in television production spanned more than three decades and covered many different genres of network TV shows, including variety specials, live telecasts such as the Emmy Awards and the NAACP Image Awards, made-for-TV movies, and many scripted series, including many of the shows produced during the early days of the WB network. It sounds like you enjoyed when when you got to the point where you were producing shows. It sounds like you would, you enjoyed being a producer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I loved I loved um I'm not the well, it's not the creative force except for that one show, one movie of the week that mm-hmm. I did, but I liked being down in the in the in the mud. Yeah, in the trenches and, and seeing how everything could work and you know and being a troubleshooter to see well if this didn't work, the, the set didn't work, what are we going to do? How can we change it, you know? And yet you still have the the money, you know, you have to be within the budget. Sure, absolutely. That was, that was, that was part of the fun of it. Joe Swirling, Joe Swirling Jr., who oh, was yeah. at Universal, yeah. you, know, you know, back at the time when you were there. Joe's one of those guys, he could do anything. Right. You know, no, no, right. Um, he was very versatile. Um, and, you know, he worked with Roy Huggins for many right. years. And he worked with Steve Cannell for many years. Right. And he told me once that he, he worked with a lot of actors, some actors who wanted to direct. And... He said it was always tricky when an actor wanted to direct because they were not always cognizant of you have to do this right, and, and right, stay right. within budget. And uh, he mentioned Ben Gazzara by name. He says Gazzara was not only a good director creatively, but he was always none of his shows went over budgets. Right. He was always he said, he says not act not all no, actors are like no remember no that. not at all. And now when actors direct, they have a good camera coordinator and they have that so they can do things like that. But it's, you hear horror stories sometimes about directors and then other times, you know, they're they're fabulous. So it's all crapshoots. You know? would, would you work, depending on what your project, uh, what, what project you were working on, would you work uh, with any of the directors per se, or were you working more with uh, crew members behind crew, the scenes? Crew members behind the scenes. The, the directors are all uh, above the line, and mm-hmm. that's why you call a line producer, because you you ride that line. I mean, you talk to the director and stuff about what he needs mm-hmm. and what he sees, and then you try to make it happen for him, you know, but... Yeah, I, I guess I did work with the directors. Yeah, I can't say that I didn't, because I'd be down on the floor, and the writers would be in the writer's room, and whatever the producer or the head but the you know the executive producer was also one of the writers usually yeah and d- directors you know whether directors for film or directors for television they're they're expected to solve problems and one of the one of the things that helped them solve problems is working with people like you yeah. who help them troubleshoot these things right so that well at one point it was wonderful and yeah. then it got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore it just wasn't fun People were down your back, and young kids would come in and be head of the studio or, I mean, you know, vice president in charge of whatever. And granted, they graduated Princeton and Harvard, and they had degrees that a lot of us didn't have, but yeah. we knew how to do the work. So, well, there's, all, it was fun. Well, no, it, I have no regrets. Well, and you did it for you did it for as long as you did it, and right. you did it until you were you oh. said it didn't. Well, oh. no, I was going to say, you did it until you decided, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm 60 years old. I said, and that was some 19 years ago, 18 years ago. I said, that's it. Hey, I'm gone. <laughs> you left on your terms. Right. That's right. the that's 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 the best way to do right. it if you can. Right. You're listening to a conversation recorded earlier this year in our studio, pre-COVID, pre-lockdown with Susie Friendly. Susie's career in network TV production spanned more than three decades and covered many different kinds of network TV programming, including live specials, variety shows, movies of the week, sports competition shows, and such scripted series as Maggie Winters starring Faith Ford. Do you have a favorite show that you've worked on that I, well, I think the the best sitcom I did was with Carrie Lizer. When we did, it was called uh, Faith Ford and Shirley Knight. Oh, okay. So that was fun. We all had such a good time. Maggie Winters? Maggie Winters, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the best organized show, and we all got along, and it was... I had a crew that kind of followed me with all the shows that I did, the production... Well, well that's good, because yeah, lo- yeah. loyalty is very important. Yeah, well, yeah. and I'm very loyal, so yeah. that, that was good. But that was one of the nicer shows that accepted you know i mean it it only lasted a year unfortunately but carrie's gone on and done a lot of things so that was fun that was a good show and i again i credit bob banner for everything i learned he was really he was tough he was very very tough and he taught you things you needed to know you know and and he let you learn the hard way yeah if you fell, you fell. Oh, I do. I do. I have a funny story. When we were doing the Peggy Fleming show, the first one, mm-hmm. we were doing it was a night show at Sun Valley in the ice rink there. Mm-hmm. And um, all the cameras, were the, there were four cameramen. And Peggy was skating and that, that, all this, and it was fine. And we sent all of the 16-millimeter film down to on a plane to PhotoCam, which was then PhotoCam we used. And so the next morning, we were supposed to get the dailies back and look at them. And because the crew, the same crew that did the John Ford show, they weren't in sync. There was It was all shot in darkness. That's not good. So, I mean, there was nothing in uh, It was awful. It was just deadly. And all the cameramen were I can't there. imagine the networks were happy. Well, the network, <laughs> network didn't even see it. It, okay. was, it was Bob's show. Oh, okay. But we just sent all the ice skaters, the professional ice skaters home. Everything was there, oh. gone. And so Bob sat there and said, well, I think you better get on the phone, Susie, and get everyone back here. <laughs> <laughs> so the first call I made... Was to our sort Jim Hibbard, who was an ice skater, and I said, "Jimmy, you got to get on a plane. It was a total disaster. You've got to get back here right away." And Bob, who was like a professor, was with his pencil, said, "Susie, may I suggest on the next phone call you don't say it's a total disaster." <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the kind of criticism yeah. he gave me. Yeah. So you know, we got back and we did the show, and it was fine. But boy, that was. A, tense moment. Well, no, yeah, well, look, there's there's an art in phrasing things. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I learned that quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite Susie Friendly stories. <laughs> <laughs> total disaster. Yeah. Well, this conversation has been anything but a total disaster. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll talk some more with Susie Friendly at the end of our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out, then Greg Arabar will join us for a DVD report next on TV Confidential.
Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative something new funny astonishing sunset magazine says tales tall tragic and tantalizing all of this makes story salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available you can learn more about us by going to our facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.